We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and brought to you tonight by Untuck It. Check out Blue Wire. They are online at bluewirepods.com and at bluewirepods on Twitter. Tons of great NBA, NFL, other random sports podcasts. It's a great time. NBA season's coming up on trade deadline. NFL's in the middle of the playoffs. Blue Wire's got you covered with everything. We got three of us here tonight. It's me, it's Taylor, it's Justin. Gentlemen, how's it going? Speaking of the playoffs, how about those Chiefs? Them Chiefs. You had to be sweating for a while there, oh buddy. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't how? even sweating as much as I was just, like, crying. I was going to say, how upset were you in that <laughs> Sweating out your oh, eyes? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I was just uh, depressed and miserable. And it was just like this. It literally is like the most – not to go off on a complete Chiefs tangent here and um, turn this into a Kansas City Chiefs podcast, but uh, it just such would be such a Kansas City Chiefs thing. For them to just have all the stars lined up perfectly, being, you know, the Ravens losing, the Chiefs getting to host, uh, the AFC Championship now, and then them going up against the Texans and just completely blowing it at home. Um, and I thought that's what was going to happen. But you know what? They they turned it around because Mahomes and Kelsey and just that entire team is just absurd. And it's not really a good comparison, just to kind of tie this back into NBA, actually. Um, there's a couple national reporters who compared the Chiefs' offense to the Warriors' offense uh, of, of the past couple of seasons, just how explosive they are and how you can never count them out. I thought that was kind of interesting. Nice, nice. Well, light years. I, light years. Yep. I have no dog in the fight. I uh, I watched part of the Baltimore game last night, but besides that, I haven't watched any NFL football. and Just no interest. Fair. So Very fair. I've been busy watching basketball instead. So A lot of well, that guys, going around. Yeah, so we've got a handful of Oklahoma City Thunder things to talk to you guys about today. We're also going to take a trip around the association, talk a little bit of Twitter beef. And we've got a a fun little movie wrapping it up at the end of the podcast today. So lots to go through. But first, guys, we would be remiss if we did not start with Thursday night, Oklahoma City versus the Houston Rockets, the return of the king of the prairie, the Brody, the MVP, Russell Westbrook. So we did a quick reaction pod right after that game. I did. Uh, it was about 20 minutes or so. So if you listen to that, thank you. I appreciate that. But it's been four days now. We've got more people on the podcast. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts, emotions, etc. 
about that night, uh, kind of what it meant to you. Did it go the way you thought it would go as far as not the on-court part, but but the rust returning? And, and just kind of gauge your temperature on, on how you feel really about Russell Westbrook's first return to the peak. I wasn't ready. I thought I was ready, <laughs> but I wasn't ready. It's so true. That that tribute video, I mean, legitimate. I know you guys were there in person, so I can only imagine. But me on my couch in my living room with grown man tears on my face, I looked over at my wife, and she was she had tears in her eyes too. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like I'm, I'm watching a video about a person that I don't know who played basketball for a team that I like, but it's got me in my feels. Oh, yeah. You know, in the arena, you couldn't even hear the the stuff on the tribute video. Uh, yeah, like there was so much time. chanting and awesome. cheering and stuff. You couldn't hear what the video was actually saying. Uh, now, when the video got to the part where it was him with the media making like the what? That awesome. <laughs> that stuff, you could hear that pretty good. But I thought it was so well done the way they blended in like the community aspect, which is such an important part, and knowing the Thunder organization. Right. And how they value that it's not surprising but like you know the clips of him Seeing throwing him a car. pass and then throwing <laughs> something at like a food drive or something like oh that. yeah and then kind of right awesome. incorporating it together and tying it yeah and then just i love just they they caught his personal just his personality in general like too. his instagram like, story. oh all the his instagram, instagram story. him singing awesome. different songs and stuff yeah that was great what him. i loved on the you guys wouldn't have gotten this in the arena but on the tnt feed they kept cutting back and forth between you know, like yep. the shot of the actual video and then and the shot face. of Russ watching the video. That was and so that cool. was awesome. Getting I mean, to see his facial he was, expressions. He was smiling. He's, I mean, just the smiling, grin. singing along, like getting into it. it and was then there was times cool. I think I even could tell he was getting a little misty eyed, which he definitely, he certainly was. We can talk about this as well here in a little bit, um, his post game presser. But uh, even during that time that you're mentioning, Justin, I noticed that as well. But no, I do want to say one thing, Justin, that you brought up at the very beginning that I really enjoyed. Um, you mentioned you thought you were ready, but you weren't. Yeah. And yeah. I was in the, that's so funny. You said that because I was in the same exact boat, like this entire season. It's almost just been like, maybe it's just negligence on my part. Just like trying to pretend like it's, it is what it is and just moving forward. But like, it's like, okay, Russ is over there on the Rockets and this is a really fun Thunder team that I've gotten behind. And I'm really enjoying it. And like, I'm really excited to turn the page on this next chapter. And I felt like I'd already done that, which was like great, like not in a bad way, but I felt right. like I'd already turned the chapter on this new era of Thunder basketball um obviously respecting and loving everything Russ gave us already but then uh I guess it would have been Thursday morning I'm sitting there at work and it's kind of like a down period or whatever and so I'm kind of getting to catch up on social media and I'm seeing all the Russ articles being tweeted out and all the yep. Russ you know segments and highlight videos really got me in my feelings like I almost got like a little teary-eyed watching like some of the highlight videos and moments and stuff and then like you said, you get into the arena and you just, it, it was super special. I think for fans, for Russ, for everybody. And the, I think the way it felt to me was it was more than just a celebration of Russ, though it was definitely that. It it felt very much like kind of the closing of a chapter of the Thunder, Thunder and kind basketball. of the, the yep. first chapter, you exactly. know, the first chapter since they've been in Oklahoma City, we're now into that second chapter, the new era of the Thunder and it felt like, you know, a celebration, not just of Russell Westbrook, the player, but of the decade plus that we had with Russell Westbrook, with Kevin Durant, with Paul George, with all those guys and all the, the success that they had. And that is really, I think, what kind of all came out in that moment. I love oh, that. definitely. Really and good and point. I love that. it. I don't really know how to explain it. Like, Russ has the video they announce him the at guard six that three from so UCLA. Good. That was perfect. The yeah, same which way was they awesome. always have since the you know, very beginning. He walks down um the the press row and the where the scorekeeper and everybody is, he daps everybody up like he always has before. He does the point to the crowd like he always did. He runs to the corner and claps like he always yep. did. You know, and, and it was like a um a, a, a one one more time, right? Yep. Like one more go at it. And then the ball is tossed up in the air, and it's tipped. And then everybody was on board with the Thunder, and Russ was on the yeah. other team. You know, and there was right. no ill will, yep. and there was no anger, and there was no like booing or anything like that. But once the ball was tossed, we went back to, that was awesome, but this crowd is a Thunder crowd. You know, yeah. and, and I, was really I don't know, just, it, it just felt like 
we acknowledged, uh, we celebrated, we, we, you know, cheered, uh, we remembered, but it like literally, I know we use the, the metaphor so much, but it literally, it felt like the page got turned. Yeah. Right. right. That, that's exactly. really what, what it came across to me as. Yep. I think it was the same thing for Russ as well. And um, yeah. just, I guess kind of transitioning now into his post-game interview where he was super sentimental at points, even holding back tears. Um, but my favorite part of all of that is something that you just mentioned, Jacob, when he said, you know, honestly, it didn't necessarily feel, I mean, he said, obviously it felt different, but more than anything else, he said, I think the best way to describe that is it felt like being home. Yeah. It's the same thing that I've been doing for my entire, the entirety of my career up until this, up until this season. And uh, I just thought that was really special yeah. as well. You know, like I, Russ is also always going to, sorry, Justin, um, no, Russ is always good. going to have that, that same feeling for OKC and the organization as the organization and its fans do for him, which is a really special and really cool. I loved the way you talked about that and how he said, you know, the only thing that was different was going in the visitor's locker room. I'd which never, he'd never been done. in there before. <laughs> um, but I thought, yeah, that was, I think what got me was like seeing him do all the old things that we were so used to seeing him, like all the things you touched on Jacob, but seeing it in a Rockets uniform was just kind of surreal. And it made me wonder, so what happens the next time the Rockets come to yeah, Oklahoma city? That's a good point. Does he, shoot the imaginary bone arrow into the crowd. Does he run to the corner and scream? Like, does he do all those things next time? Or is it officially like new chapter? He's moving on. I think that'll be interesting to watch. Well, yeah, definitely. I, you know, like obviously the reception the next time is going to be nearly as large. There's not going to be a tribute video. They're probably right. not going to announce him the same way. It's just going to be starting right. at guard for Houston. Number zero, Russell Westbrook. You uh, know, it's going to be like very mundane. Right. And and the the showmanship isn't going to be there as much. Um, but no, Justin, I agree. It's going to be a, a, a fascinating thing to see kind of uh, how, you know, that this was the big bang. Now, now, how does it move forward from there? You know, right. I will say this, though, just um, being fortunate enough to be able to a go to the game on Thursday night. And then also being fortunate enough to go to some of the games that I have. And Jacob, I know you, you've been to many of these games as well. Um, looking back on it, obviously immediately, like leaving the game, I thought this, and that's only continued as, a, as I've reflected on it more in, in the uh, the coming days. But I think that was up there for one of my favorite Thunder games I've ever attended. Oh that's yeah, up there with the Spurs or the, or the game six where they, they clinched the Spurs series um, back in what was that two thousand. Oh man, what was that finals run year? 2012. 2012. Or 12. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 12. Okay. And then, um, um, the, I think we game one of the finals that same year. I'm just trying to think back on all the, the different games, like the, the Kevin Durant return um, in 2017. I guess I was 16 still, but still, I just like uh, one of my favorite games I think I've ever attended. Definitely. And I think it was, it was such a great game to attend, not only because of all of the pageantry. And I don't know if, and Justin, maybe you can shed some light on this. Uh, did they show the moment of silence for David Stern or the stuff oh, about the yeah. jerseys pregame on TNT? They started didn't. it all off. They okay. didn't, unfortunately. And I kept waiting like, you know, you had the, the Celtic Sixers before and it was like, dude, get this game off my TV. Like I'm ready to go. And then they cut to the studio and then we're sitting there and having to watch the inside the NBA guys talk, but they kept cutting back into the arena and showing uh, footage. I don't think they, they got there in time for the David Stern or the Jersey stuff, but I was really glad when, as soon as the uh, kind of starting lineups were about to start, they just kind of cut the studio and went full on to Oklahoma city, which I thought was a great way to kind of highlight that moment and not, not treat it like any other game. Really? That's Definitely. cool. So, I mean, even with all the pageantry, pregame, the Russ stuff, the moment of silence for David Stern, the stuff about the the new City Edition uniforms that commemorate the Oklahoma City bombing, part of the reason this game was so fun was because, quite frankly, it was an ass-kicking. I mean, the Thunder just beat the brakes (laughs) off Houston from the word go. Um and Houston's a they're they're a good team. Yes, they were down Eric Gordon. Yes, the previous night they were on a back to back in Atlanta. But for the Thunder to come out and just beat the brakes off them like that was pretty impressive. The Thunder ended up going two and two this week, guys. Um, I, I think at the beginning of the week, uh, actually last Monday Sunday on the podcast, we said probably two and two, maybe one and three. Uh, honestly, they should have been three and one, but they crapped yeah. the bed last night against the Lakers. 
But 2-2 two and two for the week puts him at 22-17 and 17 for the season. That's good for 7th in the West. They're only two games behind the 6th seed, which is the Dallas Mavericks. They're just right there with, Ma- with the Mavs. And they're four and a half games up on the 8th seed, which is currently the Memphis Grizzlies. That's that four and a half start. is a massive gap. That's the biggest gap between anybody in the West standings right now. Is the tank officially off? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I think so, too. <laughs> what, At least just... for this season, right? Like, right. Right. Yep. right. I think it's crazy. I, I mentioned this on last night's postgame pod, but I actually covered the first Lakers visit to Oklahoma City as well, and that game was a close game that the Thunder lost. And uh, my whole postgame pod was about, you know, hooray, competitive tanking. Like, this is exactly what we want. And now fast forward now, and I'm upset about the Thunder losing to a Lakers team that they should have beaten. And it's just such a different – we've officially transitioned, I think, as a, as a fan base and as kind of our expectations for the team and what we think the Thunder should be doing. So, yeah, I think yeah. the tank is officially Speaking off. of it, I wonder when's the last time I tweeted lottery balls gifts. Yeah, that's you know? so true. It's, it's been, been a while. while yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, um, they've they've really turned a corner and they're really turning it on. And yeah, I agree with you guys. For at least for the current season, uh, the tank is off, and it remains to be seen kind of what the the plan for the franchise is moving forward this year throughout the trade deadline, uh, moving forward to the end of the year to the draft. Uh, and into the summer when there's a chance that they could trade a lot of guys and maybe they start to tank the following year. You know, I'm not sure. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's questions out there. Can you tank with a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Do you want to tank and waste seasons with a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Yep. There, there's right. a lot of interesting um, debates and, and directions and things that this team can do. Uh, speaking of things they can do, though, Guys, we are three and a half weeks away from the trade deadline. I'm getting angsty. I'm getting really excited. Actually, this is kind of funny. Um, so Keith Smith, a friend of the pod, and he was uh, tweeting back and forth with Nate Jones on Twitter. Nate Jones NBA, I think it says that. Anyways, they were talking about um, different players and like the, uh, and just comparing them and stuff. And I think Nate Jones asked the question of Tobias Harris or Gallo, who's the more valuable player, and Keith's response was, and which is a fun and uh, entertaining debate that we can talk about on the pod at some other time as well. But Keith replied with, I think Tobias, but only because of availability. Well, my mind is just 100% on trades right now. So I reply back, like basically with what we're about to talk about. Well, I, I'm not so sure, guys. Like, I, I think there's a good chance that Preston might hold on to him if he doesn't get the right pick. And I went into like this full tweet and stuff. And they reply back and they're like, no, no, we mean like actual availability on the court, like health. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, gosh dang it, I'm way too angsty for the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It was really awkward. Well, man, we've had one trade since December 15th. And before that, the the second to most recent trade was Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. Yep. Wild. You know, it, it's time for some traction in the NBA, guys. We have three and a half weeks. Trade deadline comes on February 6th, which is a Thursday. This is the time. I mean, it, we're coming down to crunch time. Phones and front offices are ringing. GMs are are on the phone. They're texting. They're they're evaluating. They're doing all these things. And some stuff about the Thunder and the trade deadline have been coming out. So I have four different sources here I want to mention to you guys. Uh, the first one, Sam Amick of The Athletic wrote earlier this week, quote, the Thunder, sources say, have been sending a mixed message of sorts so far. They're open to wheeling and dealing if there is something significant to be gained, but they're just fine standing pat and waiting for all those draft picks to come their way, especially considering all the fun they're having. So that wheeling and dealing. Yeah, so, so a little bit of a mixed message there, right? I mean, he uses the phrase mixed messages from other GMs. Uh, we also got Ian Begley from SNY TV. Uh, he recently reported on the Knicks inquiry of Andre Drummond. He said it was more than just exploratory. But he also said, quote, rival executives who have spoken with Atlanta have left those conversations feeling like the Hawks are more interested in trading for Steven Adams than Andre Drummond. So again, the, these these Hawks and, and Steven Adams, uh, th- those two words, those two keywords popping up again uh, together 
Then we get Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer, who on the Ringer NBA show podcast said OKC could be still be, quote, sneaky buyers come the deadline. So an interesting uh, development there. Kevin O'Connor had also mentioned that uh, back in uh, on New Year's Eve after the Thunder beat Dallas. And then on Wednesday night on NBA Countdown on ESPN, Woj was on the show and had this to say. Well, maybe he had this to say. Their Here we go. veteran players are available. You know, Chris Paul and the organization, there was a certain level of resignation between them that he'd probably have to play this whole season uh, in Oklahoma City uh, to be able to uh, be a viable trade asset. Remember, he's owed $41 million next season and then has an option for $44 million uh, in 2022. That makes it really hard to trade him, but... Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari. These are all players who have a lot of value on the market, and Oklahoma City is open for business. Their veteran players are available. Open for business, says Woj. Interesting. So Fascinating. To me, guys, this is all over the place. They're going to be yep. sneaky buyers. They're open for business to trade away their vets. Um Atlanta is interested in Steven Adams. Um, even rival GMs are getting mixed messages on kind of what the Thunder want to do. This Sometimes Sam Presti reminds me of Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger yes, from Game of Thrones. Such a, that's such a good comparison. Chaos is a ladder, right? <laughs> Sam Presti doesn't want anybody knowing his plans. He wants to keep the playing field as unknown as possible and strike when his opportunity is there. He is the NBA's Peter Baelish. We have no clue that what he's going perfect. to do, what turn he's going so to perfect. make. I'm now solely picturing Sam Presti taking trade calls with Peter Baelish's accent. <laughs> if you I'm want picturing... to trade for Steven Adams, you'll have to up the price. <laughs> I'm picturing him uh, sending uh, trade requests via Raven. Raven, that's what I was about to say, via scrolls. <laughs> Send a Raven to the Hawks. <laughs> That's a really good impersonation. Uh, All right, guys. So with all these mixed messages, do you think the Thunder should, so this is your personal opinion, do you think they should be buyers or sellers come the trade deadline? I'm going to go definitely sellers. I think that this season, it's been a blast. Uh, Having to not tank has been enjoyable given kind of what I expected from Oklahoma City coming into the season. But I don't think it's been so fun that I want to see this team kind of mortgage their future for the option of making a little bit of noise in the playoffs. I don't think this team has a finals run or even a Western Conference finals run. I don't even think they have a second round run in them, to be honest. I think they could potentially have a second round run. If they matched up with Houston. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that's true. that's definitely the ceiling, in my opinion. And right. so I don't know if it's worth it, depending on what you would have to give up. I think if, if, if the right deal came along, and I think that's what Kevin O'Connor is kind of getting at when he says sneaky buyers, if the right situation came along where they could add a piece that's not going to hurt them long term, you might see them do that. And I think that would be the only scenario in which I think that would be a wise move for OKC. Yeah, so yeah, so you I'm, mentioned they should be sellers because you don't want them to be buyers and mortgage the future. To me, there's I'm not saying that they should be buyers. Don't don't read that from me. But there's an interesting balance here, right? Like right. what you can be a buyer and go out and get somebody that can help you, but what if it's a player that can help you a little bit now, but will help you a lot more down the road, right? In in future years. Um, or even a player who can help you a lot right now this season, but you can also flip this summer, and that helps you. Yeah, exactly, right? So so that's kind of that's buying with the intent to sell down the road, right? Um, there's just it, – it's so many moving parts that, that it's really fascinating. But, but Justin, your overall thought there, uh, I think I'm on board with. Taylor, what do you think? 
So I, and this, I, I don't mean for this to sound like a cop-out answer. I'm just, I'm reading into the reports that you just it read off, Jacob. And I think the one that sticks out to me the most right now is Sam Amick um, of The Athletic. I think his, it's one of the most recent ones and kind of, kind of uh, is a summary of everything we've heard so far. And uh, it seems like rival GMs are hearing the same thing. And so I say all that because I think the direction that Presti goes, I, I think he has two roadmaps planned right now, right? Um one is to be a buyer this season, right? And and how do you move from there? One is if you're a seller this season and you end up trading away Gallo or Shooter or any combination uh, of, of the, the players that we've been mentioning you know, for the past couple of months now. And I think it all depends on the offers that you get. You shouldn't just trade Gallo because you can get, you know, a couple, uh, like maybe a first round pick and a second round pick for him if you, for example, could trade for somebody, like I mentioned, uh, that could help you a lot now this season and then you could flip for you know, another couple of, of picks this summer. I think that's you know what I mean? So, I think that's what's so smart about kind of the what way doing. Right. that Sam Presti's crafted right. is coming into the season after the Russ and PG trades, conventional wisdom tells you Tank. Thunder are having a fire sale. Right, even, exactly. Even when the Jeremy, Jeremy Grant trade goes down, it was kind of like, all right, there's the first domino. Like this, we're just going to get more of this till the cupboard's right. empty. Or even all the way um, back when Kevin Durant left in free agency, like okay, Russell Westbrook's yeah. up on the on the trade market, right? But now he's twisted it to where Oklahoma City has all the leverage because exactly. the reports are that the Thunder a okay standing pat and not doing anything and just kind of writing this thing out. So now you can't use Oklahoma City's. Uh, desperation to move guys by the deadline against them, they'll just say, okay, that's fine. We'll see what happens. We'll write it out. So now if you really, if you're a team that really wants Danilo Gallinari for a playoff push, you're going to have to pay up. Exactly. Exactly. And And, and he's got so much leverage with the contracts of these players, right? If you're not willing to pony up for Danilo Gallinari, we'll take him and, and extend him and trade him in the summer, or we'll sign and trade him in the summer. Or exactly. you, you don't want to give me what I want for Schroeder now? Well, guess what? To a lot of the league, he becomes a lot more valuable after July 1st when he's still the same player. But has one less year on his contract. But has one year on his contract left and is technically an expiring, right? Same thing for Chris Paul as well as because that contract is, that's one less year. But the other aspect to the, all this as well is how well those guys that we mentioned, even Steven Adams we can throw in there, how great they all have been playing so far this season just raising yeah. their trade value even more. And, and, yeah, yeah more I think that, that has to help the trade value a bit, right? Because they're they're producing at a high level right now. They all are. Shoot, I even saw it. I saw an article from, uh, I think it was Dunking with Wolves, which is the fan side account for the Timberwolves. Uh, they had a tweet, or sorry, a, a tweet, but also an article today talking about how Dennis Schroeder uh, could be a, a target for the Wolves as their starting point guard. <laughs> so yeah, and I saw they mentioned giving up their first this year. Yeah, which... Yeah. If you want to give me that. Minnesota's first for Dennis Schroeder, Sam Presti better fly up to Minnesota again. He flew up <laughs> no, there in July to get Mike Muscala. Fly your ass up there one more time, buddy. <laughs> get you some draft picks. I mean, that Minnesota pick right now, I mean, what? Is that that a top oh, 10 man. pick right now? Yeah. I mean, they're they're 12th in the West at 15 wins. That's a that's like a top improve very much. That's a top 10 pick right now. Yeah. Right. If you can get a top ten pick for Dennis Schroeder, yeah, buddy. Oh my no gosh! No kidding. I mean, Even exactly if it is a bad draft. And now I know we're going to be uh, jumping into some actual targets here in a second that the Thunder could either target or uh, you know in, in trades if they were to trade some of these players away. But we've talked about a lot about the confusion uh, that Presti and the Thunder are kind of, uh, I guess you know, putting out into the market, right? And um, Something that I found interesting, Keith Smith, NBA, I mentioned him earlier, he tweeted this out this evening, actually not too long ago, about a couple hours ago, that I found really interesting because it's not just the Thunder either. He said, talking to two teams three-ish weeks out from the trade deadline, and there seems to be way more buyers than sellers. The fact that 8-14 and in the West is only a four-game difference is driving a lot of that. All those teams in that group of seven want to make the playoffs and believe they can. So you have to take that into consideration as well, and so does Presti, right? Because that's going to affect whether he's a yeah. seller See, or a and, buyer. And reports like that make me feel like the Thunder will be sellers, and, right? right? Because right. what you just said with the, with the bottom end of the West, the eighth seed Memphis Grizzlies are 18 and 22. 
They're only four games up on the 14th seed New Orleans Pelicans, who have been searching. That's crazy. Who are 7-3 and three yeah. in their last 10. And we talked right. about the Red Hot Spurs before the podcast, who I think right. went three of one. Am I making that up? Three and one three last one. week. And there's legitimately the three wins behind. coming against good teams. Yeah, yeah. There's there's legitimately seven teams right now that all realistically could feel like they can snag that eighth seed, right? It's and crazy, a lot of people though, would say, "Well, why should a team even want to get the eighth seed? You're probably going to get swept in the first round. Even if you get swept in the first round, that's." Two extra playoff home games, that's so much more money in the owners' pockets, right? From ticket right. sales um, to to being nationally televised to advertisements, uh, concessions, all of that stuff adds up, right? And so I, I think all those teams, th- and those teams are all teams that have not made the playoffs, save for Portland, who needs to save face, and San Antonio, who's uh, probably in Greg Popovich's last year. Right, so I, I think all of those teams would be wanting to make the playoffs too. And it's like a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, who obviously they're constructed a different way than the Thunder, and a different way than the, than the Thunder will be, but they're both on similar tracks like the rebuild. The Grizzlies are just a little further along. So my whole point in saying that is like, if you get some of these young guys like Ja Morant and uh, Triple J and Brandon Clark, some playoff experience at this age, yep. that's going to pay dividends down the road. So that's a team that's absolutely going to be wanting to try and get into the playoffs this year. Yeah, so all these teams in the West that are so close to getting in the playoffs, like you just said, those those GMs are looking at ways to get bump their team up. And maybe it is trade deadline day. And the, the clock is ticking down. And Presti says, hey, I've got what you need. And if you're willing to meet my price... You might make the playoffs. If you're not willing to make my price, there's not another move out there for you, right? And that is especially where that leverage comes in. Or if he can say, hey, you're wanting to make the playoffs, and my player here, uh, Danilo Gallinari or or, uh, Dennis Schroeder, helps you get there, but this other team is on the phone with me one hour before the deadline, and they also want this player to make this playoff push. This guy's going to get you there. Are you willing to offer me more than he's offering me? Right and kind of pit these these guys against one another. Um, there's, I think there's some leverage to be had there. That seems to be when Sam's at his very best. Like for example, just everything this summer, uh, the Russell Westbrook and Paul George trades are perfect examples of that. And I think you also have have to factor in uh, the the top half of the league as well. Yeah, that's teams a good that point. are in the top four that may feel like you know they need. Uh, an extra piece for a playoff push because the top four specifically in the West, but also in the East is so strong. And there's a lot of good teams up there that they could be looking for an additional piece as well. Definitely. I mean, Woj reported a while back that, uh, not reported, but mentioned that Boston is a team that, um, had fielded interest in Steven Adams. It's also been, uh, reported that Boston has been interested in Andre Drummond. So you have teams in those top four, that yeah. very much still have holes. Yeah, and you like the Bucks and the Sixers get talked about with point guards a lot. And yep. The Thunder have a couple that they could offer. Exactly, right? Miami Heat can upgrade to multiple spots, including yeah. center, right? Because they're playing Bam Adebayo basically at the four now. So True. Lots of, of really interesting things here, guys. But let's talk about some targets, some actual names. I know the people that listen to our podcast exciting. Uh, love to to debate and think and hypothesize on some of these names. If the Thunder were wanting to make – here's the thing. I don't think they're going to make an all-in uh, win-now move. That's, that's yeah. not in their interest. Right. Now, if they are a quote-unquote buyer, I think that means they're going to trade for somebody that helps them now but can also help them down the road, right? Maybe a, a player that's a little bit younger who upgrades the roster now but has a chance to grow with the roster who's on contract for a while. What kind of guys are out there that you guys think uh, could be possible targets? And We actually got a Twitter question on this subject, so I want to give a oh. shout-out to at meters 918 who asked, who are some realistic trade targets we could get for Schroeder, Gallo, maybe Chris Paul, that fit Shay's timeline, kind of like you're talking That's about. It's a really good question. Oh, nice. Nice. I like it. So do you guys have any names in mind? I definitely do. Um, All right, hit us with think, one. So 
well, one guy that I mentioned, I think I might have mentioned this on last week's podcast. Um, I was trying to think of somebody kind of different. I, I know a name that's been thrown out there is Covington, right? He, he's a guy that could yep. help you this season and kind of help you make a little bit of a playoff push, but then you also could flip pretty easily this summer and get a lot of assets for him. So I was thinking of a guy along that line, and um, a guy that kind of came to my mind was Tony Snell. I think John Hamm mentioned that on the Dream Team. I thought that was a really good point. Um, somebody like that's kind of interesting. But then you can also go a different direction, too, and just try and get youth. So one of the guys that stood out to me is um, – wow, I just went blank. I don't think we have him on our list anymore. But the guy from Denver, um, why am I going blank? Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So I saw a tweet today from one of our guys, uh, TJ, and I'm blanking on his last name, um, who – McDaniel. McDaniel, I yeah, think. I had a good call. The um, High Post. The High Post, uh, another Blue Wire podcast for the Denver Nuggets. And he had a tweet uh, replying to somebody asking – about Beasley and, and mentioning how Beasley's kind of fallen out of the rotation in Denver, uh, basically the entire season. He's kind of the 11th man of the 10-man rotation that they're running in Denver. And so I feel like a guy like that who's super talented, he's a vers- versatile defender, uh, also can score the ball, really kind of fits the Presti mold that he's been known for, which is kind of funny. I think a guy like that could match really well um, on a team with Shea. And, and a team like this looking for a small forward, you know, he could help this season even, much less down the road because he's still really young. So that, that, that's kind of two different directions you could go. Yeah, Malik Beasley will be a restricted free agent this summer, uh, and he's 23 years old. So he kind of matches the timeline a little bit. Um, you'd have to pay him to keep him, or you could right. try to yeah. try to um, trade him um, – I don't know if you can know because he technically isn't in a contract, so you couldn't trade him. So that's an interesting one. You you would have to you'd have to pay him this summer, but he's an interesting name. Uh, one name that that I think is a younger guy that could help this team now, but also um, really be a guy that they could build around in the future. Zach Collins from Portland. Now I don't that's think he's available. Uh, I would be very surprised if they traded him for like a, a Danilo Gallinari. Uh, you know, it'd have to be like a Zach Collins and, um, oh, I don't know, like, uh, oh, what, what, who's the big up there? Um, who came from? Uh, yeah, no, who thinking. came from Miami? Oh, oh Whiteside. Whiteside. Yeah, it'd have to be yeah, right. be like a Whiteside ah. trade to to make salaries match or something like that. But Zach Collins just kind of fits the Thunder mold. He could slide in and play four or five for this team. Uh, it seemed he's like before he got injured this too. season, he kind of started to turn a corner. So he's an interesting one to me. I yeah, really like, I like Zach that. Collins a lot. I like that a lot. You mentioned Portland and kind of them looking to maybe try to sneak into the playoffs. And I think you phrased it, save face. His teammate Nasir Little could be an interesting fit as well. Yep. He's only 19 years old, which is crazy. Uh, I think he's a he's a solid player. I don't know, similar to Zach Collins, I don't know how much he'd actually be available for a trade, but I would like his fit at the small forward spot. Definitely, and, and he's a guy that I don't know how much he helps you right now, uh, but especially yeah. down the down the road. I mean, he's a rookie, so you have him for four years and then his restricted free agency. Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting one. Justin, earlier you mentioned a team like Philadelphia looking to get point guard help. Uh, one player from Philadelphia that I think matches the timeline, matches a little bit of the Presti mold, uh, a guy that I watched a lot of film on this summer because I thought the Thunder were going to draft <laughs> him. Yeah. Right? Matisse Thibel. Now, yeah. I know they're high on him. They'd probably rather give up Zaire Smith. But Thibel, this, this long, kind of athletic, defensive-minded wing, um, He's been knocking down threes at a decent clip. I was gonna say season. he's he's impressed. I'm trying to look up his three point percentage right now. I actually. wasn't thrilled about the prospect of the Thunder drafting him this summer. Holy shit! He's, he's shooting 44 percent from three. He's played really well for them. I mean, it's not on a, a, bit, a great tens, volume, but but not like insignificant either. Like it's, it's yeah impressive. yeah. I just I remember all the rumors. Like Jacob, you mentioned us watching a lot of film on him uh, leading up to the draft because there was the, all the rumors coming out that are not all. There was a rumor, I think, that came out saying that the Thunder had promised him or that he had yeah. a promise in the first round yeah, and yeah. people linked him to the Thunder. But um, he definitely is somebody who could fit really well on this team and somebody who could fit really well with Shea. Um, I, and I think he could come in and help right now. Right, exactly. I mean, but, if Matisse yep. came in right now, he's playing over Deontay Burton. He's playing over Abdul Nader. He's um, probably playing over Hami. Yeah, he's yeah. probably getting some of Hami's minutes, you know. So I think he's a guy that could come in. He could help now. 
But again, I mean, you control that guy's contract for the next nine years. Yeah. Yep. And he has the potential to kind of, at least right now, he's showing a little more upside uh, than what Ferg's showing offensively, which is something, while also showing the defensive upside to potentially match what Ferg is right now. Um, obviously, that's all yet to be seen, but just based off that alone, that could be somebody who answers your Ferguson question. Yep. He's yeah. an interesting one for sure. And, and I like that. It's the Philly doesn't. I mean, they could even use a backup point guard. They could use Schroeder. They don't right. even need Chris Paul. They could exactly. use Schroeder. I think I think so, they almost prefer Schroeder because of the contract and um, just the fit in general as well. Yeah. Obviously, having Ben Simmons. Any other names? So one that, that I have, uh, I think this is one of my last ones on my list, But and this one's a little more of a stretch, which, which is why I threw it out there, but Aaron Gordon on the Magic. You know, there's rumors that they've been at, they at least would be interested, I think, in, in kind of seeing what they could get for him. Um, and that would be something I think that you would have to – Maybe it's they they be like the magic would be looking for some draft picks attached to whatever you're um, trading him in exchange for. But with Jonathan Isaac there, those two guys are kind of redundant. That makes a little right. bit of sense, and, right? And I think he's a guy who has a lot of untapped potential and like you know getting on a staff with an organization like the Thunder who could really develop him and help him tap into. Uh, Zach Lowe has always talked right. about Aaron Gordon as um, the East's Draymond Green. Draymond if you Green, buy in. yeah. Yeah. So the know, thing the is, Gordon like is under under contract for this season. Oh wow, I didn't know this. So he's under contract until the summer of 2022, right? Okay. So two more years after this year, but his contract is actually uh, descending. He makes oh, 19.8 wow. this year, 18.1 next year, 16.4 his last year. That's really nice. That's I a very that. valuable contract. Yeah. Huh. It's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one. You yeah, I like Aaron Gordon. He he is one that if the Thunder um, traded a Dennis Schroeder um, and and uh, uh, something else, a Dennis Schroeder, a, a Terrence Ferguson, and the Denver pick this year right. for Aaron Gordon, I don't think that gets it done. But something like that is something I'd be okay with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. You get Aaron Gordon sure. in here for, at minimum, the next two years to play power forward for you. Um, kind of a versatile do-it-all kind of guy. I yeah. I kind of like that. I really kind of like that. Yeah, no, it, it's extremely interesting. I think, it, like you said, just comes down to can Pressy talk or whoever talk the magic down enough, you know, from what they're going to be asking for. Yeah, definitely. So when I look at this, uh, we, we already talked about this. There's seven teams in the West that could make a push for that eighth seed. One team that I think really wants to is the Phoenix Suns. Yep. I look Monty. at them a lot um, as, a, as a possible Gallo destination. There's actually a report. I forget who, who said it the other day, uh, but someone said that Phoenix is interested. Uh, they've inquired on Gallo. They're, they're keeping an eye on Gallo. Yeah. It was like Phoenix, Toronto, and Boston. Maybe Boston. Yeah. Yep. So two guys from Phoenix that I think make a little bit of sense. Dario Saric, who I believe is going to be a restricted free agent this summer. Um, but... A little bit on the on the younger side. He's uh, 25. Actually, he's almost 26. So a little bit younger. Um, but he's a possibility. Dario yeah, Sarge. I like that. Also, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, he's also a little bit older. He's like, like 23. Uh, is Mikhail in his second? Yeah, he was in Shea's draft. He's in his second year. But Mikhail, um, a very capable defender, uh, kind of a lengthy wing Yep. I think both of those guys would be guys that could come in and and be beneficial for this team, both now and moving forward. I agree completely. I like both of those a lot. And um, just I think the the idea, again, I, I keep mentioning untapped potential, but I think Bridges is one of those guys as well. It would be really fun yep. to to get him and kind of see what the Thunder could develop him into. And he's six foot seven with a 7'1 wingspan. Wow. Oh, God. So Presty you know, just Presti got a hard Presti on all likes that. that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the yeah. team that came up earlier, the Hawks, hearing that they're interested in Steven Adams, it's kind of tough to go down their roster and fi find somebody that would be a realistic uh, return piece that you could get. What do you guys think about Cam Reddish? I still like the idea of Cam. I think there's a lot of people who are, who are still yeah. hopeful. Six, and like, yeah, I think he's 6'8", 215. It's good size. Um, I mean, they took him 10th overall, but... He was he was His kind shot of shot kind of feels broken right. a little bit, but so is Andre Robertson still there? Yeah, right. <laughs> True. 
Hamadou Diallo. When has that ever stopped us? Yeah. Stop Sam Presti before. So uh, true. No, Cameron, I mean, obviously you have to get salary matching with like the Chandler Parsons expiring or something like that. But yeah. Cam Reddish is, is a, I think that's a, a possibility. I think the Thunder would rather get Atlanta's pick this year, but I don't think Atlanta wants to give that up because hell, that might be number one overall. Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> Right. So, right. so he's he's interesting. One name that I I've brought up, I think the past three podcasts, but I just I I like him. Can't get over it. Kevin <laughs> Speak Knox. Speak it into existence. Yeah, that's right. Kevin Knox. I mean, the Knicks don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, he's kind of that's about the only the excuse I got right is just the Knicks don't know what the hell they're doing. So, yeah. give me Kevin Knox. I'd I think he, I think he could come fun. in. I think he could help this team right now. Play with his former teammate SGA. That's right. And Homie. And Homie. And Homie. That's a, yeah, very true. Yeah, just put that whole Kentucky team back together. I don't think that Kentucky team did very good. Keep Noel. And you got a, yeah, you got the Kentucky, uh, well, I guess I can't really say Midwest, because, but yeah, <laughs> the Kentucky of Oklahoma. All right, guys, any other names? <laughs> a pipe dream yeah. would be uh, Bogdan. Bogdan, son of Bogdan. First of his name is coming. <laughs> that would be he's a little old so he's not necessarily in your long-term plans but it's also a restricted like, free agent this summer oh i god i i hate that we have a Bo boyan bogdanovich and a bogdan bogdanovich super confusing <laughs> makes me angry i kind of want the thunder to trade for both of them yeah now. <laughs> just the law firm of bogdanovich team. and bogdanovich <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, yeah, he's 27 and a half years old. Okay, so he is older. He's yep. a fun player. I mean, there's. I like how we talk about these guys being old, and my ass is about to be 30. Right. This makes me <laughs> depressed. <laughs> so old, basically useless. <laughs> Another guy that I like from from the Kings that I don't think is playing a whole lot is Harry Giles. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a fascinating one. You know, there and but More they Kentucky want guys, to trade right? away their other center, Dwayne Dedman. So. Yeah, no, I like. All I, right, guys. Well, like good trade talk. Um, anything other trade related that you guys want to mention before we move on here? So just now that we've kind of gone through all that, just give me a a short answer. What direction do you guys think Pressy is going to go? Come trade deadline. I don't get the cop out answer, do I? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think he'll be a seller. After talking it through with you guys, I'm leaning more and more that direction as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the vibe around this team if and when that happens. Like, if Gallo gets shipped, we were talking about expectations and, and what everybody thinks the Thunder are capable of. It'll be interesting to see how those expectations shift. Yeah, I, wa I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that the, the fan base's investment now in this team changes the way Presti wants to trade? Because I think hell no, I, I think Presti say, has a plan exactly. and he's sticking to it. Yeah. But it's still an interesting wrinkle, right? Yeah. You've got you've For got sure. you've got the the seats are getting filled, the ticket prices are going back up, people are buying in. You're back in the playoffs. It's interesting. It is it is interesting. You know if, if he would be willing to to give that up or not. But uh, all right, well before we go on to around the association, uh, a quick word from the people who pay us to do this. You ever seen untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I know I've said this before, but I'm tall. I'm like six foot seven and finding dress shirts is kind of a pain finding any clothes really. Uh, if I get a dress shirt that's long enough, it's usually super wide. Uh, and if it's not super wide, then usually half my forearms sticking out, but I don't have that problem with untuck it. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With untuck it, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long or too big again. And their website's so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. 
Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com. Promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, let's go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you guys. Every time we play that sounder, I air drum along with it. It's just so great. It's such a good sounder. Um, (laughs) The biggest thing that we thought we could talk about with the Around the Association today, still kind of Thunder-themed. Previous Thunder players. Happened on the same night as Russ's return. Yeah. Some good old-fashioned internet (laughs) shit-talking. Taylor, why don't you break (laughs) it down for us? Yeah, so uh, Thunder legend Kendrick Perkins. Just really, it's been in the, the, the Thunder's corner all season long. He's the one who predicted the Thunder make the playoffs this year. He's been, you know, cheering him along all season. Well, he also is a big Russell Westbrook supporter. And he tweeted out, uh, I guess, Thursday during the day. It was before the game started. Uh, I think he tweeted out Russ's stats and how, you know, Russ will always be Mr. Thunder. And so then he's about to go on Center. He obviously wants the, the views um, as he kind of embarks on this new phase of his career. So he tweets out, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give my opinion on SportsCenter on why why I believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player to have ever put a Oklahoma City Thunder jersey on. He is, and then in all caps, Mr. Thunder. So then he gets a guy in his replies named Mark D'Amico, who I don't really care to do the research on who that is, but I'm sure he's a uh, sports reporter because that's relevant. I'm sure people say that about our podcast all the time. Oh, 100%. Particularly when we got retweeted by Kevin Durant uh, last week. Shout out, Katie. Thank you for the retweet. Anyways, uh, so he, he's going back and forth with Mark D'Amico, and his last reply to Mark is, from, from Kendrick is, Katie lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what does that mean? That's what elicits a response from Kendrick himself. He says, Kevin goes, yeah, and our starting center at Kendrick Perkins averaged a whopping two and three during that series. You played hard, though, champ, LOL. So uh, then that gets Kendrick to respond, actually twice. Kendrick first responds with facts on the averages and facts on the champ part two, and, uh, which is kind of funny because, you know, Ken- Kendrick's obviously a champion, one with the Celtics before the th- coming to the Thunder. So Kendrick replies just with a handshake, but it didn't stop there. Kendrick replies again. He says, boy, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA history up on a team 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals and then go and join them the following season. Heart of a champion right there. Which again elicits another response from Kevin Durant, who says, Weak is starting at center, playing real minutes with no production. Should have worked on your skills as much as I did. And that was essentially the end of it. But uh, yeah, it was quite the debate on the good old Twitter.com and NBA Twitter. So I'm curious your guys' takes on all that. Who won? Does it really matter? And uh, what do you guys think of, of Kendrick's comments? I, I loved Steven Adams' assessment oh, of it. Oh, yeah, that was great. He got asked about it post-game after the Rockets game, and he basically said, I think they're both bored, mate. <laughs> Which is so true. That's such KD's a great not assessment. playing. Perk's not playing. They got a lot of time on their hands. Oh, I that's so uh, awesome. I also really liked uh, on NBA Desktop this week, Jason Concepcion <laughs> compared Kevin Durant to Candyman. You just say his name three times, and he shows up. Like... <laughs> Just, yep. Perkins is talking about uh, Russell Westbrook. And Perk never Nobody's added him. about great. Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. Perk never then, added him, and he just slid in. Exactly. Yep. He just shows up. It's kind of like what happened to us. Like, we're talking about KD, and all of a sudden he's in our responding to nobodies on the internet because he just literally cannot help himself. Right. So I don't know who the winner is here. I want to say Perk because, obviously, I enjoy the Oklahoma City Thunder um, but Kevin Durant had some good shots in there as well. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this. Do you think it was some legitimate, like, bad blood shit talking? Or is this just mainly just playful banter that's getting a lot of attention and they're both benefiting from it? Well, they're certainly both benefiting from it, which is something you have to keep in <laughs> mind. Because, like I mentioned, uh, Perk tweeting all this out and then tweeting out, you know, 30 minutes before he goes on Sports Center. Not that he knew, obviously, that Kevin Durant would re- 
reply and yeah. it would spiral into all of this, but he obviously knew that it would elicit some responses and would get people to at least tune in. So it's definitely about the attention for sure, which and then he wound most up, things are. He wound up on the on the jump with Rachel Nichols Falling up the next on it day all. as a result. A great point. So he got, he got more airtime. I, I think it was a little personal. Right. At the end, you have Perk calling out the the... I bet you don't even sleep at night. Right. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty personal jab, right. I feel like. And and Perkins has always kind of struck me as the type to uh to not be afraid to pull punches like that and and He's the only somebody, silverback, baby. The only silverback. <laughs> you know what they say about silverbacks. <laughs> Just such a If you great haven't story. listened to Steven Adams on uh the low post, please go do that immediately. Yes. That was so good. <laughs> it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. But I'm with you, Jacob. I think I my gut tells me, maybe my heart, I'm not sure which, that Perkins won the Twitter beef. I feel like most people like outside of Oklahoma City are leaning more towards Kevin Durant, but they don't I don't think what they don't realize is like you said, Justin, yes, it is personal, but it's also personal for Kevin Durant. That's why he slid in there. Yeah. He I, I do still think there's always a part of him who wants what Russ once the reception that Russ got, uh, once the remembrance of his time in Oklahoma City, like Russ has, um, once that relationship with the fans, uh, and, and wanted to do his own thing and just still was un- incapable of realizing how that was going to affect that relationship he had or yeah. how he would be remembered uh, and just his legacy in general. And he, he very much wants that part of his legacy to, to mirror what Russ got. And so I don't you, think it's a yeah. coincidence that all this happened the same exact night that Russ returned. And yeah. Do you know what KD is? You guys know that meme of the stick figure man who's like crying and he has the mask on? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. It's perfect. That that's, is, that's who Kevin Durant KD. is. Exactly. One hundred percent. Well and it's like I saw national people talking about like, okay, Perk, are we still having the same conversation all these years later about Kevin Durant going to Golden State? But like it's Kevin Durant is the one that keeps bringing it right. up. He's the one that keeps injecting himself in the conversation. Yep. Nobody was talking about that. Kendrick Perkins was talking about Russell Westbrook on Russell Westbrook's return to Oklahoma City. It was Kevin Durant who made that conversation. So it only keeps becoming that conversation because he keeps instigating. Exactly. That's one hundred percent. I actually tweeted this out. It was like you know a couple or a, a day after all this um, Friday, and I was just kind of sitting there after taking in the whole uh, Russ return game and that whole experience. And then this happens right on Twitter and it just brings up the same conversation, the same debates and the same exact takes that everybody has on Kevin Durant and this era, that era of Thunder basketball. And did Katie make the right decision? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's so tiring at this point that I just don't really care. And all the more just makes me more ready, I think, to turn, like we keep saying, to turn the page on this new chapter of Thunder yep. Basketball and just move forward. I'm extreme. Nobody's more appreciative of it than I am. I'm a Thunder fan because of it. Russell Westbrook's my favorite player because of it. Um, and Kevin Durant gave me some of the most incredible basketball memories I'll probably ever have. But with all that being said, it just makes me all the more ready to move on and move forward on this new era of Thunder Basketball. Couldn't agree more. So, guys, before we move on, I want to know, what's the best internet beef you've ever been a part of <laughs> you got to have something good here so I, I think the first well obviously when we, we uh, first started off the uncontested uh that was a fun one that we got into with a certain reporter i guess in the okc area uh, that that's always fun and you guys can elaborate on that if you want to later but i think for me we'll personally, just leave it vague yeah right yeah i, I, I like that <laughs> um i think for me personally would have been back in like middle school and I was oh, yeah. honestly middle school. I'm quote unquote dating. You know, I was dating this girl, and there was like a picture of us or something that we posted. And anyways, there was this guy who we were kind of friends growing up, but he was very jealous. I think that I was dating this girl. He always kind of had a crush on her, and they were kind of off and on at times. And so, anyways, um, he like he comments on this picture or something. Kind of, I don't even remember exactly what he said, but basically, he was like alluding to something about me and like her dating me, kind of like poking fun at it, kind of thing. And so I just got like super pissed off and defensive and fired back. And like, um, this was a kid who hopefully he doesn't listen to this because that'd be awkward. So I, I, I do really like him because well, because of what I'm about to say. I'm about to it, just like with the whole Kevin Durant thing, words I'm gonna carefully. bring it back up. But um, no, actually, I we're, we're cool now. Super cool. He's an awesome dude. He's very you know he's been success successful since then. But I say all that because uh, at the time he had just been held back a grade from my grade to another grade, and it was primarily because of sports. 
so that was my that was my firing back. That was my um, Kevin Durant left. You know, the after losing three one to go and join the Warriors, that perked throughout. My my whole dig was well, you got held back because you just wanted to, to succeed in sports. And anyways, that kind of led to a beef on good old Facebook on a picture. Um, it didn't last very long, thankfully. And like I said, we're cool now and stuff. But that's definitely my story. I love it. <laughs> Justin, do you have one? Uh, I don't. I don't uh, find myself in a lot of beefs, but uh, I have managed to get blocked by J.D. Reynolds on Twitter, uh, the <laughs> former OU fullback who he followed me on my – I have an OU account, Sooner Tracker, similar to my OKC Tracker one, uh, covering uniforms and all that. But I, it was two seasons ago, and uh, it was in the Orange Bowl against Alabama, and I was making lots of uh, digs at the – Sooners defense or the lack thereof as they were down 28 to nothing to Alabama. And the next thing I know, uh, I'm blocked by JD on Twitter. So he must've <laughs> taken some offense to some of those, uh, shots. I took no negativity so, on his timeline, even if it's yeah. justified. <laughs> I I've gotten in some Twitter or not some Twitter beef, but some Facebook beef before, um, mainly with the hashtag olds, um, over, uh, <laughs> Uh, topics I don't want to discuss on the podcast, you know, we'll get into <laughs> politics and things like that. Uh, although I think my favorite one, I don't, there was never any beef, but somehow I got blocked um, from <laughs> the one and only Gary England. Oh, no. on Twitter, the Gary blocked himself. Me. That's a tragedy, and I don't know why. And then that's a tragedy. Somebody <laughs> told him to unblock uh, me. Big Brad, Big Dairy, to call him out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so then. Someone told him to unblock me, so he unblocked me. And then I saw that his timeline wasn't about storms and stuff. It was just a, like a whole bunch of political stuff, and so then I just unfollowed him anyways. So that's uh, that's maybe <laughs> that my, awesome. my, my biggest Twitter beef, I guess. I don't know. That's um, funny. All right, guys. Before we finish this podcast up, we always like to end it with something lighthearted. This week... So a couple of nights ago on Friday, Kamiar and I went to see the new movie 1917, which is a World War I flick uh, that was really, really, really good. If you've already seen it, you know it's good. If you haven't seen it already, I highly recommend you go see it because it's incredible. Um, That is coming from a a guy who teaches history for a living who loves World War I. So a little bit of bias here, but... Phenomenal filmmaking. I, I really enjoyed it. So I want to ask you guys as we head out today, what is the best or your favorite war slash history movie? Star Wars. Duh. Oh, yeah. There you go. That is good. <laughs> I know that's not what All you right, you idiot. <laughs> so there's funny. obviously You also like can't choose National number. Treasure, you assholes. <laughs> national Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, classics that I think you could put out here, you know, Private saving Ryan, Private Ryan what... Schindler's list. Uh, but I want to go more modern and it there's, I have two and they both come from two of my favorite directors. Oh, I think overall, I know maybe one direction you're going here. I'm excited who, to see. Nope. Just go ahead and say I'm it. a big fan of, I'm a big fan of both of their war installments. One of them is inglorious. Yes. Yeah. I knew that you were going to say that <laughs> from Tropic Thunder. Tarantino. <laughs> It, no, <laughs> not, not that. Uh, the other one is Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Oh, Dunkirk was incredible, man. Yep. I am a, Christopher Nolan's probably my favorite director, and He's I thought Dunkirk incredible was works. a masterpiece. I, Dunkirk was incredible, and Glorious Bastards, easily top five movie of all time for me. So good. Oh, yeah. It's such a good easily movie. top five. The the you know alternate history of World War Two. Um, yeah. Yep. Hitler's face getting turned into Swiss cheese. It's. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's just the best. It's good stuff. Hard not to love. I uh, actually just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night, which was kind of similar uh, in that regard of kind yeah. of altering history in a yeah. way, and uh, which I, I really did enjoy. Like it took me a little bit to get into it, but I love the ending. Quentin Tarantino's incredible. All right, Taylor, yeah. favorite war history movie. So uh, Saving Private, Private Ryan is always going to be like my favorite go-to because it's just so great. But I have a question for you guys, and this might okay. be a no, but can Forrest Gump be considered a war movie? Mm, because of yeah, so. it's definitely considered a history movie. I don't know if, we're, yeah, if we yeah. can count it war movie. Because they aren't um, nom the entire time. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. 
But yeah. I mean, it, it obviously definitely has war scenes in it. But I would consider that one more of a uh, a historical movie that covers a broad era of time. True. Oh, also Pearl Pearl. Uh, I can't talk. Pearl Harbor. Um, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, that new movie Midway is out, and I haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't seen it either. Maybe pretty. <laughs> it was kind of funny though. When whenever we left 1917. Uh, the movie's over. We were walking out to the car, and Kamiar said, Hey, I wonder if there will be a sequel. And I said, Yeah, bud, that's 1944. <laughs> 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 that is funny. awesome. He was just being facetious, yeah. but uh, but it was pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, guys. Well, any uh, anything else before we log out for the day? Another busy week at Thunder Basketball. Four games on the slate. Yeah. Starting tomorrow it's night. It's crazy. The rest of the month, they don't have more than one night oh off. Yep. Gosh, that's crazy. They're and they have a handful of back-to-backs in there, too. Back Goodness. on the grind. So That's right. Let's, uh, let's get this outro music going. Tomorrow, Oklahoma City Thunder up in Minneapolis to take on the Timberwolves. Make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get podcasts from, so you can get the post-game podcast Right after that game. Um, I don't know who has that game tomorrow, but one of us will be recording a podcast. Uh, Same thing throughout the rest of the week. We will be dropping pods after every OKC Thunder game. Also, if any big news drops, we are getting close to trade deadline season. So any news that drops, you can expect an emergency podcast from us uh, coming in in the minutes and hours following any Thunder transactions. Besides that, you guys have a great beginning to your week. Thank you so much for checking us out. Follow us on social media, your preferred social media site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're there. We will talk to you guys again late Monday night after the Thunder take on the pinnacle of Thunder Killer, Andrew Wiggins, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Thunder up. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team.